Welcome to Thoughtful Planning, the place where real conversation, expert insight, and a touch of humor meet to turn our end-of-life uncertainties into self-assurance. I'm your co-host, Santiago, a history buff and a big kid at heart. And I'm Honey, your guide through the intricate dance of planning with care and a whole lot of warmth. Every week, we're here to turn those intimidating are-we-ready moments into confident, everything-is-under-control moments. Today's journey is one you won't want to miss. Hi, welcome to Thoughtful Planning. I'm Honey. And I'm Santiago. So in doing our research for this, you know, when we talked about my dad passing and him giving his corneas and and he gave some of his his organs when he died, we did a, we were doing our research and we noticed that eight people can be saved by a single person. And that a single person can actually give up to seventy-two different parts of your body which I think is kind of cool. So our essential question for today is, is organ donation right for me? I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) All right. When uh, we started doing research on episodes to record for our podcast, I referred to a national calendar of events and noticed that National Donor Day is on February 14th, Valentine's Day. This got me wanting to learn more. So I Googled organ donation in Texas and came across DonateLifeTexas.org. And within about five minutes or less, I was able to register. On my driver's license, it already showed that I am an organ donor, but I thought I'd also register online. In addition, I made sure to communicate with my family my wishes on organ donation. So after I registered online, I decided to contact donate life texas to see if they would be willing to be a guest on our podcast and they referred me to rachel quigley our guest today she is the communications coordinator with texas oregon sharing alliance in san antonio so remember for specific guidance consulting with your doctor and your state is always best let's get started rachel thank you for being with us today yes thank you so much for having me So can you share with us how you got started with the Texas Organ Sharing Alliance? Yeah, absolutely. So I graduated from the University of Texas at San Antonio and with a communication degree, and I started looking for jobs. I had already worked at one nonprofit, and I knew that I really enjoyed doing work that helped other people. And when I saw Texas Organ Sharing Alliance was hiring in the degree that I I chose, it was the perfect match. And I've been there almost a year. So it's been amazing. Okay, cool. So can you tell us what is organ donation? And why is it important? Yeah, absolutely. So organ donation is the process after you pass away to donate your organs to people that need them. So it's important because like y'all said, you can save up to eight lives. Right now in Texas, there are 10,000 people waiting for a life-saving transplant, and there's over 100,000 in the U.S. So the need is great. It's growing every single day. So it's really important if we have the power to save lives after you've passed away and even living as well. It's really important to do that. I have a follow-up to that. Mm -hmm. So I signed up to donate. I'm a Texas resident. Does that mean my donation stays only in Texas or it can go across? Like, cause you just mentioned over, I, I can't remember the number you just said, actually. 
but it can go anywhere, not just Texas. For your license in Texas, if you are a Texas resident, that is where your decision is honored. If you pass away in another state, hopefully your loved ones know that you're an organ donor and can make that decision for that particular state as well. But if you moved for some reason, then you would have to re-register in the state that you moved to when you get your new license or after you move there. Okay. So Yeah, so with blood types being what they are, very specific and all that good stuff, if my kidneys or my heart only fit certain people, would it cross state lines? Could it cross state lines? If we're living in Houston, could they go to Louisiana? Yes. Yes, that is possible. So there is a national database that we look at, and that does happen sometimes. There's a lot of criteria that we can get into later that the transplant centers follow. And so location is one of those. So Mm -hmm. if nobody is a match in this area, the circle expands and it gets wider. So that is definitely possible. Okay. So we've already talked to our family. They know what we want to do. And when my father passed, you know, my mother, she said, this is what dad wants to do. So we all honored his wishes. Is there any other reason why we need to tell anybody what our wishes are? You don't have to. It's really important to tell your family and your friends, your your people close to you. You don't need to discuss it with your doctor unless you would like to, unless you have questions for them. But otherwise, it doesn't need to go in your medical records or medical history as long as that's discussed with your family. So how important is that our medical history uh, when it comes to organ donation? It is, an, it is very important. It is. A lot of factors go into donation. And so they'll ask your family about your social history and that sort of background. They'll get a feel for who you were as a person and see if anything would affect donation. And so medical history sometimes will play a factor if you've had kidney disease or if you've had lung cancer or other things like that. That will play a part into it, but you don't need to discuss that part with your family if you're not comfortable with. Oh, okay. So I mentioned in the opening that I have the organ donor logo on my driver's license, but I still registered online. Would you tell me if I really needed to register online or is a driver's license enough? The driver's license is enough. So they all go to the same database. So every state has their own Donate Life branch. If you registered at the DMV in Texas and then again online in Texas, it, it'll duplicate the records and then you'll be good to go. So you don't need to sign up in two different places. They make it very easy for you. Got it. Thank you. Now, yeah, so just a little history with us. We're, we've been going through this journey and we're really sharing our journey with our listeners so they know where we are we're starting to go through all the medical documents that we need. You already said that we don't have to tell our doctor, but do you think that's important that we share that with our doctor so our doctors know what's going on? You certainly can. You certainly can. I would say it's important to let your doctor know about all of your wishes as well. I would say to hold it in the same category that you do with all of your end of life planning that I know y'all talk a lot about. So. Anything that you feel the need to share with them. Okay. Okay. Is it possible for me to donate an organ to a specific family member that might need it? 
That is possible. And we have had that happen before. And though it is pretty rare, through living donation, you can certainly do that if one of your loved ones mm-hmm. is in need of a liver or a kidney, the two things that you can donate while you are still alive. If you're a match for them and that process goes smoothly, you can certainly do that. After you pass away for deceased donation, that is a little bit more rare because the timing does have to line up, of course, that your loved one and y'all are, are a match and that they need an organ at the same time. And that organ is ready for transplant. So it's definitely possible. That is something that you do need to write into your will. That can definitely be communicated with your doctor as well, but talking to your family and writing it into your will. So the transplant team has no way to know that. But if your family knows that as well, they can fertilize that. So 2016, I was diagnosed with throat cancer. It was stage four. We talked about this in our, I think it was our first episode. It was a life-changing event for us. Now, I've been in remission since 2017. So for seven years, I've been in remission. Does that automatically disqualify me from donating certain organs? Well, first of all, I'm very happy to hear that you're in remission. I'm sorry you had to go through that. I'm glad that you are better now. Me too. Yes, right? Right, definitely, that you've made a recovery. That's incredible. But that does not disqualify you from donation. The only thing that really would is metastatic cancer at the time of your passing. So we encourage everyone to sign up as a donor, even if you have any sort of pre-existing condition, because there still might be something that could be used for transplant. So that's really the only thing that would rule you out. The other thing that I had worried about was I couldn't donate blood for the longest time because I actually, well, something else, I had malaria. So that was one of those things that they said, thou shall not donate Mm -hmm. blood for a bit. But I'm clear of that. So that's pretty cool too. But anyway. Yeah, it is interesting the difference between blood donation and organ donation. There's overlap, but there's also a lot of difference. Oh. Can you tell us how does the organ donation process work? Yeah, so it starts when you sign up. So online or at the DMV, that's where it begins. So after hopefully a lot of time has passed between then, you know, unfortunate circumstances happen and you end up in the hospital and you end up brain dead or cardiac death. And then that's where doctors use any possible way they can to save your life. They exhaust all options. And then once it's determined that it's irreversible, that's when they, we, that's where we we come in as Texas Organ Sharing Alliance. And we approach your family and say, did you know that your loved one was registered to be an organ donor? Have y'all talked about this? Have y'all thought about this? And then we get, you know, a, a really deep and very sad personal conversation with families and they are able to make that decision for their family if they haven't already specified. So if their loved one is signed up, we will honor their loved one's wishes. But if they're not signed up, that's when we'll talk and educate their family about donation. Then after that, it's a very surgical process and the recovery is done very respectfully. And then the organs are matched with people who are waiting. So go ahead. I have another question on that. Uh, sorry. Um, what's it like 
obviously we're adults here and we are clear of mind making these decisions. Mm-hmm. And our kids are grown now, but I'm trying to reflect back if I had a young child, for example, that wasn't able to make that decision. We like we wouldn't have talked about that, right? With yeah. a young child. And if I had a young child that passed away suddenly, how like I imagine that conversation is definitely hard and I don't know. Have you had to have a conversation with someone like that? That unfortunately does happen. So we have a very skilled team of family services coordinators who are in the hospitals that are on call for when that does happen. It is devastating and very, very tragic. And I think it brings some people comfort to know that you can have a miracle out of a tragedy, that you can save someone else's life even though your loved one has just passed. Of course, during that grieving process, the initial shock of it, I can only imagine that that is, there is nothing else like that in the world, right? So I think it's important for parents to have that conversation too, regarding their children if they're under 18. So getting back on the conversation, is there a time... I guess there is a time crunch for this, is there not? There's a certain period where they're going to kind of have to make the decision quickly. Is that not correct? It's done on a case-by-case basis. So it also just depends like the level of of trauma to your body as well. So um, they can have life-sustaining support and life-sustaining therapies that can keep everything ventilated in the meantime. But the process does move pretty quickly. So it depends organ to organ and person to person, but it's usually pretty quick. I guess that gets back to the conversation that you need to have with your family, make sure they know what's going on. So it's not, yeah. you guys don't come in cold and they're like, wait, we had, they just passed. Yeah. This is too much for me. Just mm-hmm. if you want to do this, let everybody know. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. So we talked a little, I, in my opening, talked a little bit about how many people's lives can be saved. So what exactly are, what are the main things that can be donated, you know, to save those eight people and help 72 others? Yeah. Yeah. So you can donate heart, lungs, liver, kidney, pancreas, and small intestine. So kidneys count as two and lungs count as two. So they have also been able to donate the smaller part of your liver. It's shaped like a little irregular triangle. Mm -hmm. So they can donate the smaller part of your liver to a pediatric patient. So maybe even nine, just depending who you ask. So nine with organ donation. Okay. And what are some of the, what was that nine to 61 other pieces? What are those? So that would be tendons, heart valves, skin, other tissue used for mastectomies or skin grafts, partial heart transplants. There's a lot that goes into it. And then with cornea, you can fully restore sight to two people. Wow. Yeah. I know that my father's corneas were actually given. Uh, We don't know what else was actually taken from him, but you know, it was important for him to do that. Yeah. So how are organs matched with recipients and what factors are considered? Yeah, it's a pretty long process. So it's matched first by blood type, tissue type, 
height and weight, so the size of the organ in your body. So they try to match it up based on very similar height and weight. After that, it's based on like what transplant center is around, so proximity. Because again, like we said, a little bit of a time crunch, they want you to be able to get there quickly. So that's what goes into it. They enter your information. The transplant center has the people on the waiting list. They have all of their information, but then they will enter all of the information of the person who has just passed and see what crosses up. So that is a database that we call UNOS. So that's the United Network for Organ Sharing. So it is all across the US. So it is possible that if you passed away in Texas, you could donate to somebody in Kansas. It does happen. Mm-hmm. We'd be okay with Kansas. We live there for a bit. Okay. <laughs> First thing I came up with. So good. <laughs> <laughs> I had a question and it just slipped my mind. So, okay, let's move on to our next one. So when we were doing this and we started Googling for facts and stuff, only 48% of Americans have a will. So my question is, there's, you know, about almost 31 million people in Texas. Do you know about the percentage of folks that are actually registered to be donors? I believe it's a little under 50. I I think as of 2021, there were 13 million Texans registered. And, you know, Texas grows every single day. People are moving here every single day. So I hope that number has increased significantly. But we have a lot of work to do registering folks. So you know how many people actually that are on the list that don't make it to the next day because they didn't get an organ? In the U.S., 17 people die each day waiting for a transplant. Wow. So, and every nine minutes, someone is added to the waiting list. Every nine minutes? Every nine minutes. Wow. Okay. It's pretty devastating. That is. So I, I guess if we don't get more people registered, that the 17 number is going to increase. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a story you'd like to share about organ donation? I do. I do. I hope I didn't, I don't think I spoiled it, but part of my want to work here was due to my, my father as well. So my dad had a kidney transplant. I was nine years old and so this was in 2010. So that does age me. So you can, you know, do some assy how old I was. Um, but he had diabetes that led to kidney failure. So, you know, one in three Americans are at risk for kidney disease. So it's everywhere in our communities. But so that is what happened to my father. And he was on dialysis for nine months, which is a very hard process to go through on your body. and. Luckily, we got a call in the middle of the night, January 11th, 2010. We got a call in the middle of the night and they said, how fast can you get here? So he had his transplant up in Austin, at St. David's North Austin up there. So it's in Tosa service area, which I do feel like a, a beautiful full circle moment there that I work for the same transplant organization that saved his life. And so he's still with me today, 14 years later, because somebody chose to register as an organ donor. Wow. So it means everything to me. I love that story. Yeah, that's Thank a great you. story. So here's a, so we're, we're talking a little personal, so I'm going to throw this one at you. Mm-hmm. Has he ever met the family of his donor? No, no, we have not. That is something that we wanted to do, but the, it's a two-way street, so we respected their wishes and we have not met them, no. 
Yeah, they uh, our last guest that received an organ. She actually got the opportunity to meet the mother of the donor, and they it's actually incredible. meet for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. It was Thanksgiving yeah. or Christmas. A memorial. I think it's Memorial Day. Memorial Day. So they they meet. It's a holiday. I, there's so yeah. many, but they uh, they meet once a year just to remember and to be thankful. Celebrate. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. That is so incredible. We have an entire donor family aftercare team at TOSA that really takes care of our donor families afterwards. And so that's a process that is facilitated between the OPO. So if a person wants to write to their recipient or write to their donor family, they certainly can do that. But of course, both parties have to consent. But it it is a really beautiful process and a very Nothing makes me cry harder, honestly, like than seeing two people in the same room like that. It's just so moving. You said OPO. Can yes. You, what is OPO? Yes. Yeah, so an OPO, that's our organ procurement organization. So that is what TOSA is. Okay. Yeah. So there are 56 in the U.S. and three in Texas. So TOSA is one of those. Yeah, that's kind of, uh, I don't know if I'd want to meet the person that, you donated to. I guess that would be a long process, part of the grieving process. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Some people meet them 10 years later, 15 years later. So it can really happen at any time. There's no deadline to write. Okay. Oh, that's cool. That is cool. So if you, if, if you ever, I guess, just want to see, yeah, I guess that'd be yeah. cool. So can you share something with the audience that you think everyone should know about donating your organs? Is there a common mistake or misconception, maybe a religious deal or something like that, that they think I can't give because of X, Y, or Z? Yeah, yeah. We go to a lot of community events, so we hear a lot of stuff from people in the community. I think the biggest thing I would say is it's not scary. It doesn't have to be scary. And that doctors are going to try very hard to save their life. We hear a lot that People think doctors won't save my life if they know I'm an organ donor, which is absolutely not true. Doctors take an oath to save you and they have no idea if you're even registered or not anyway. So that is not in their scope. So if they don't know that, they will try as hard as they can to save you. So that definitely should not prevent anyone from signing up religious reasons as well. So we have a list on our TOSA website of all of the major religions and all of them support organ donation. Of course consult with your spiritual leader, but we do encourage everyone to sign up. It's very easy. And you know, you really can impact so, so many people with your donation. You mentioned events a while ago. Do you have any events coming up that you'd like to share? Yeah. So actually today on Valentine's Day, we have a movie premiere in Bastrop, Texas. So right outside of Austin that we're showing Ordinary Angels, which is a new movie coming out about organ donation. So we have that. If you're in San Antonio area, familiar with Fiesta, we do a lot of Fiesta events. We have Fiesta medals, that kind of a thing. Uh, April is Donate Life Month. So the entire month of April, we are at every single event that you can possibly imagine. But we do a lot of community events, health fairs, and other things. So just as many people that we can reach and talk to, we will be there. Awesome. I, I think we're going to need a couple medals to wear for our... I can make that happen. I, yeah, we're going to need one. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I can make that happen. Yeah. And 
we got to meet Rachel in person too. I yeah, think. I think so. Please. We'll go to so, one of your events. Yeah, we should actually. We should. Rachel, I'm going to email you. Oh, please. <laughs> so I want to say thank you, Rachel, so much for being our guest today. And this has been very interesting to learn all about organ donation. And I would like to know if you'd like to share anything with our audience, maybe the best way they can reach out to you if they have any questions or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was amazing to be able to talk about this. Definitely. If you want more information, you can go to tosawan.org. So that's T-O-S-A, the number one, dot org, or Donate Life Texas or Donate Life Your State, insert your state. But otherwise, that's where you can reach me. My contact information is on the TOSA website as well. All right. Thank you. We appreciate it. And, you know, our essential question, we always give an essential question for our folks to think about when we start and then you know, are they going to think about something different when it ends? Is organ donation right for me? And I think that I would add to that, is it right for other folks too? Because just think about how many people you can help. You know, you can save eight lives, 72 others can be touched by your donation. It's giving me goosebumps just think about it actually, because that's, that's amazing how much that you can save and impact. Right. And then of course, letting your family know what your decision is on this and maybe encouraging them or maybe letting them know, of course, what your wishes are. And then again, encouraging them to do the same, maybe if, if yeah. they're interested. I think that that recurring yeah. thing we keep talking about, you're clear of mind right now. Let everybody know that you thought about it and, and just get that out. Yes. Cool. All right. So until next time, remember every chapter you write today shapes your legacy tomorrow. Thank you for joining us at Thoughtful Planning. And just like the vibrant hues of a setting sun, we're wrapping up another episode of Thoughtful Planning. Every shared story and insight is a step closer to turning uncertainty into celebrations of preparedness. Absolutely. And to our listeners, remember that every surprise that comes our way is an opportunity to grow, adapt, and learn. Stay tuned for more stories, expert insight, and of course, a touch of wit in our next episode. We're not just co-hosts, we're fellow travelers on this journey. For more information on additional resources, which will help you take the next step in planning, look for the link in the show notes for our membership. Join us next time for another episode of Thoughtful Planning. Until then, keep living, laughing, and loving every moment.